We're going to start reading at verse 15. We're going to read down through verse 23. It says, And I gathered them together to the river that runneth to Hava, and there abode we in tents three days, viewed the people and the priests, and found there none of the sons of Levi. Then sent I for Eliezer, for Ariel, for Shemaiah, and for Elnathan, and for Jerob, and for Elnathan. Wait a minute. I guess it's, yeah. And for Nathan, for Zechariah, and for Meshullam, chief men, also Jurab, and for Elnathan, the men of understanding. I sent them with commandment unto Iddo the chief at the place Casiphia, told them what they should say unto Iddo and to his brethren, Nathanums, at the place of Casiphia, that they should bring us unto us ministers for the house of our God. By the good hand of our God upon us, they brought us a man of understanding, of the sons of Mele, the son of Levi, the son of Israel, and Sherebiah, and with his sons and his brethren, 18, and Hashabiah, and with him, Jeshiah, and the sons of Moriah, and his brethren, and their sons, 20, also of Nathanums, whom David and the princes had appointed for the service of the Levites, 220 Nathanums, all of them were expressed by name. Then I proclaimed a fast there at the river of Ahava, that we might afflict ourselves before God to seek of him a right way for us and for our little ones and for all our substance. For I was ashamed to require of the king a band of soldiers and horsemen to help us against the enemy in the way, because we had spoken unto the king, saying, The hand of our God is upon all them that Follow them for good that seek him, but his power and his wrath is against all them that forsake him. So we fasted and besought our God for this, and he was entreated for us. And I've titled this, Seeking a Right Way. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you again for the privilege and opportunities that are ours to meet together tonight. We thank you for your word. Thank you for your blessings and safety and protection you've given us through this week thus far. And we pray that now as we look into thy word that you would speak to our hearts, challenge us and encourage us in the fact that you do. Um, you are good to those that seek thee. And so, Lord, help us to uh, seek a right way uh, for us that will glorify and honor you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Of course, the... Uh, Context here is Ezra, who was a ready scribe in the law of his God, is taking a group back to the land of Israel. And um, part of their mission was to build, rebuild the temple. Nehemiah comes a little bit along a, bit, a little bit later and will endeavor to, uh, and will, not endeavor, will rebuild the walls around the city. You know, you know, in those days of time, and even you know, in many places in our world today, uh, people have walls. You know, we, you know, I had no, no clue until I went to the Ukraine back in 2007. And you go into a city, and everybody has a fence or a wall around their house, just about. If you don't, you don't dare leave anything outside. If you want to keep it, that is. Uh, people don't respect personal property. Uh, they'll just, anything that's left outside, they think is theirs. Um, so, you know, walls are very important. But anyway, uh, Ezra here is gathering some people to take back, and he finds that he has none of the priests, or a few of the priests and those that work in the temple, so he sends back. And so God has already been good to him. Verse 18 says, And by the good hand of our God upon us, 
they brought us a man of understanding, and so on. Um, but as they prepare to make this journey, which probably would be between four and six months, all the way from uh, uh, Persia, I believe it was Persia they were going from at this point, back to the land of Israel, uh, he says they proclaimed a fast there at the river Ahava, we might afflict ourselves before God to seek a right way for us and for our little ones and for all our substance. So they proclaimed a fast. You know, this is this is you know uh, fasting and praying, praying and fa- prayer and fasting was freak, a frequent biblical practice. Uh, Moses, of course, we we looked at Moses. He fasted forty days and forty nights twice. Uh, David fasted. Jehoshaphat fasted. Second Chronicles chapter 20, when Moab invaded the land. We find Nehemiah fasting and praying for four or five months, from December to the month Nisan. Uh, I think it's Chisludo Nisan, which is four or five months. And he prayed and fasted about this wall that needed to rebuilt. And, and you, you know how long a wall took to rebuild? I mean, he prayed and fasted for four or five months. How long did it take the wall to build? Them to build the wall. Anybody remember? 52 days. Uh, you know, but he prayed and fasted about it for four or five months prior to that. Uh, so, you know, he, he fasted. Daniel fasted often. Daniel 9 records a 21-day fast. Uh, Jesus in Luke 4 uh, talks about fasting. Paul in, in 2 Corinthians eleven twenty-seven said, in fastings often. You know, this was a, and this was a regular part of Jewish life. Uh, for example, in Matthew six sixteen, Matthew six sixteen. It's, he uses this phrase, when ye fast. Uh, Moreover, when ye fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces, and may appear upon men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. So it was a, it was a common uh, part of Jewish life for them to fast. Many of them did it one, at least a day a week. And, and Jesus said here, when ye fast. He assumed they would. I believe he assumed we would as well. So we find in an Old and New Testament, spiritual men and women, and some unspiritual, fasted. It didn't, didn't necessarily mean you are spiritual because you fasted. We'll see that in a little bit. Um, of course, Hannah fasted and, and prayed in, in 1 Samuel 1, uh, verses 8 and 18. But as we think about fasting, we're warned not to fast for self. Again, Matthew 6 or for show, Matthew 6, uh, in verses uh, 16 to 18, speaking about fasting, he says, More when ye fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they, dis- they disfigure their faces, that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou fastest, anoint thine head, and wash thy face, that thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret, shall reward thee opening, uh, openly. Uh, so it's not to fast for self. It's not to be a mere formalism. Look at Zechariah. Zechariah. You know, the Bible condemns this in many places. Zechariah chapter 7, in uh, verses uh, 4 through 13. Zechariah 7, verse 4. Then came the word of the Lord of hosts unto me, saying, Speak unto all the people of the land and to the priests, saying, When ye fasted and mourned in the fifth and seventh month, 
even those seventy years, did ye at all fast unto me, even to me? And when ye did eat, and when ye did drink, did ye not eat for yourselves and drink for yourselves? Should ye not hear the words which the Lord hath cried by the former prophets when Jerusalem was inhabited and in prosperity and the cities thereof round about her when men inhabited the south and the plain? So, you know, he says, Were you fasting to me? And we read on. And the word of the Lord came unto Zechariah, saying, Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, Execute true judgment, and show mercy and compassion to every man to his brother, and oppress not the widow, nor the fatherless, the stranger, nor the poor. Let none of you imagine evil against his brother in your heart. But they refused to hearken, and pulled away the shoulder, and stopped the ears that they should not hear. Yea, they made their hearts as an adamant stone lest they should hear the law and the words which the Lord of hosts has sent in his spirit by the former prophets. Therefore came a great wrath from the Lord of hosts. Therefore it has come to pass that as he cried, and they would not hear. So they cried, and I would not hear, saith the Lord of hosts. So, you know, he said, was this a fast unto me? Or why were you fasting? After all, you didn't hearken to me. You didn't change your ways. You know, fasting, when he talks about prayer and fasting in the Bible, it also is, is to afflict oneself to change your ways. It's not to be mere formalism. Isaiah 58 talks uh, more about this. Isaiah 58, in uh, verses 3 to 8. Isaiah 58, verse 3. He says, Wherefore have you fasted, say they, and thou seest not? Wherefore have we afflicted our soul, and thou takest no knowledge? Behold, in the day of your fast, you find pleasure and exact all your labor. So he said, you know, they're saying, you know, we fasted and you didn't even see it. Uh, we afflicted our souls and, Lord, you didn't even take knowledge of it. But notice what he says. Behold, in the day of your fast, you find pleasure and exact all your labors. Behold, you fast for strife and debate to smite with a fist of wickedness. Ye shall not fast as you do this day to make your voice to be heard on high. Is it such a fast that I have chosen, a day for a man to afflict his soul? Is it to bow down his head as a bulrush and speak, spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Wilt thou call this a fast, an acceptable day of the Lord? Is not this the fast that I have chosen? To loose the, here's, what, here's, the, here's what the fast that I have chosen ought, ought to affect. To loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, that you break every yoke. Is it not to deal thy bread to the hungry, and that thou bring the poor that are cast out to thy house? When thou seest the naked, thou dost, that thou cover him, and that thou hide not thyself from him that hath no, uh, from thine own flesh? Then shall thy break forth as the morning, and thine health shall spring forth speedily, and thy righteousness shall go before thee. The glory of the Lord shall be thy rearward. Uh, that's the idea of a rear guard. Then shalt thou call, and the Lord shall answer. Thou shalt cry, and he shall say, Here I am. If thou take away from the midst of thee the, the yoke, the porting forth of the finger, and speaking vanity, and if thou draw out thy soul to the hungry, and satisfy the afflicted soul, then shall thy light rise in obscurity, and thy darkness be as the noonday. So here they were. They were fasting. They were still going through the motions of a fast, and afflicting their souls before God. But it wasn't affecting their conduct before God. It wasn't t uh, causing them to turn away from their sin. You know, he, he talks there uh, several times about keeping people under the yoke. They had brought their brother and some of their brethren into bondage. You know, slavery was slavery was 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 uh, was okay by God, but not continual slavery. 
unless the slave said, I want to stay with you, my master. And then they were to put a punch a hole in his ear uh, you know, with an awl to identify that he was a slave for all his life because he wanted to be. You know, they, were to, they were in the year of Jubilee, they were to let all their slaves go free. But they weren't doing it. They were oppressing the poor. And, and, and notice this, there's a phrase here, pointing the finger. You know what that is? That's disdain, a symbol of dis- people still do it. You know, when people put up their, you know, their middle finger, you know, the international sign of ill will. That's basically what this is talking about. It's, it's disdain, or they despise. For example, they despise, you know, they asked, they asked Jeremiah, you know, after, after uh, Babylon had conquered uh, Jerusalem, and they, and they took all those captives back to Jerusalem, Daniel and Ezekiel and all those, and he left uh, the poor of the land and, and Gedaliah to be the, the governor, and, and, and then some of the captains of the forces that had fled uh, came back, and they killed Gedaliah, and they killed some of the Chaldeans, and, and, then, and then another group... Uh, 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 run them out of the country, and then they said this. Those who were left said, we fear the Chaldeans. And they came to Jeremiah and they said, what should we do? Should we stay here or should we go to Egypt? And Jeremiah said, know for certain, if you go to Egypt, you'll never see this place again. But they said, you have not spoken unto us the word of the Lord. They pointed him the finger, if you will. They despised what he said. And they went to Egypt. And even in Egypt, he said to them, you know, you ought to, you're making bread to the queen of heaven. And they said, oh, we're better off serving the queen of heaven than we were serving God. You see, but they were still fasting. They were still going through the motions of afflicting themselves. Sort of like, you know, asceticism, we call it asceticism today. The, 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 the Catholics are big, and many of the cults are big on you know, denying themselves the pleasures and the things of this life. And, you know, maybe going to a monastery, becoming a nun or becoming a monk, and, you know, and denying yourself the pleasures of marriage and, 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 and the, the, the pleasures of life so you can seek the Lord your God. But it's all in vain. Why? Because it's obedience to the Word of God. It hasn't brought them closer to God. It's just a form of worship. That's what they're doing. So we're warned not to fast to exalt ourselves. To be seen of men. But why should we fast? Why should we fast? Well, Ezra says here in verse 21, Then I proclaimed to fast there by the river of Hava, that we might afflict ourselves before our God to seek of him a right way for us and for our little ones and for all our substance. He says we fast to afflict ourselves before our God. The word afflict means to, to give to the body or mind pain, uh, to grieve it or cause it some distress. I don't know about you, but I don't think there's too many of us Americans like to, grieve, to afflict ourselves. You know, we all, we're, we're pretty good. Americans are pretty good at afflicting themselves with sin, but not with afflicting ourselves before our God, uh, denying ourselves the things, the, the things that, that are pleasant to our life. But he says to afflict ourselves before our God. Uh, Psalm 35, verse 13. There's a couple of verses here I want to look at. Psalm 35, verse 13. You know, afflicting, afflicting ourselves, our bodies, 
ought to cause, ought to humble our soul. Notice Psalm 35, verse 13. But as for me, when they were sick, my clothing was sackcloth. I humbled my soul with fasting, and my prayer returned into mine own bosom. Uh, Again, in Psalm 119, verse 71. Psalm 119, verse 71. It is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I might learn thy statutes. Uh, so, so it, you know, there's a need to, to grieve. Uh, we ought to grieve over our, our own, our own uh, wicked, sinful ways. You know, he, he says we ought to grieve over our sin. It ought to distress us. We ought to afflict ourselves. It help us to turn from our sin. You know. In, in Jonah chapter 3, uh, when Jonah went to Nineveh, and uh, Nineveh repented, and it says this in verse 5, So the people of Nineveh believed God, proclaimed a fast, put on sackcloth from the greatest of them, even to the least of them. Word came unto the king of Nineveh, and he rose from his throne, and he laid his robe from him, and covered himself with sackcloth and sat in ashes. And he caused it to be to be proclaimed and published through Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying, Let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Let them not feed nor drink water, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily unto God. Yea, let them turn every one from his evil way and from the violence that is in their hands. Who can tell if God will turn and repent and turn away from his fierce anger that we perish not? And God saw their works that they turned from their evil way, and God repented of the evil that he had said that he would do unto them, and he did it not. So here God repented or changed his mind about bringing the destruction that he had purposed to bring upon the city of Nineveh because of their wickedness. And, they, and it says they fasted and they turned. They were, they were uh, uh, burdened, they were grieved over their wickedness before God. And they were willing to fast to prove their grief. They're willing to afflict themselves before God. In Second Corinthians chapter four, Paul, in verses, I think it's verses seventeen and eighteen. Second Corinthians four seventeen. Paul said, "Though our light affliction is but for a moment." For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So when we afflict ourselves with fasting, it tends us or to causes us to look to those things that are eternal and lose sight of the temporal. He said, you know, uh, worketh a far more exceeding and eternal way of glory. For while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So to, uh, our affliction draws our eyes or attention from the temporal to the eternal. From that which is physical to that which is spiritual. So... We should afflict ourselves with fasting. It causes us 
or encourages us to look to that which is eternal or spiritual. Secondly, we ought to fast to seek a right way, again, to seek a right way uh, for us, for our little ones, and for our substance. So we have three things here. You know, we need to be, we need to pray and, and fast and seek God's way, God's help. You know, one of the things that, that uh, Ezra says here in verse uh, 22, he says, For I was ashamed to require of the king a band of soldiers and horsemen to help us against the enemy in the way, because we had spoken unto the king, saying, The hand of our God is upon all them that for good that seek him, but his power and his wrath is against all them that forsake him. That is still true. God's hand is, uh, is upon all that for good that seek him, but his power and his wrath is against all that uh, forsake him. You know, James 4 tells us that, that uh, uh, God resisteth the proud. And, 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 and I'm told there the word picture is that God dresses up in battle array and goes to war against those that are proud. So God is against those that forsake him, but his, his hand is good uh, for those that seek him. So he said, I was ashamed to ask the king. Now again, understand, he's on a journey that's going to be four to six weeks, or four, four to six months, through enemy territory, unprotected. And as we're going to see, they're carrying a very hefty bounty. So he says, you know, we, we were seeking God's help. And the idea he's saying here is, how can I say I have an all-powerful God and yet I have to ask the king for protection? I have to ask the king for protection. How can we say that God will supply all my needs and I have to go to the government for help? You know, I remember, you know, it's been quite a few years back had a little financial buy-in, and then somebody suggested we have some dinners, car washes, yard sales. Yeah, I have a real problem with that. How can we say God will supply all our needs when i got to go to the world to seek to supply the needs for the church? Something's wrong there. Something's wrong. We shouldn't, have to, we shouldn't have to go to the world. We shouldn't go to the world to seek direction and wisdom for life. They have nothing to offer us. We have the God of all wisdom. In Him is all the wisdom of God. You know, uh, 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 you know, it's, it's in Him. Uh, it, it's a, you know, it's a, it would it, have been a slap in the face for Ezra to go to the king and say, uh, could you send a, uh, a force with me? You know, that's what many times, that's what Asa did. Brother Hoyle was talking about Asa when, when uh, uh, Basha came up and built Ramah. Instead of relying on the Lord like he did against the Ethiopians, he made a league with, with uh, uh, Benadad, king of Syria. And God was offended. God was offended. You know, Matthew 6.33 says, Seek ye first these things. Uh, seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. You know, Isaiah warned them in Isaiah chapter 30. Isaiah chapter 30, and he warns us, you know, Egypt is a type of the world. Uh, this is, this, the, the application here is particularly to Israel, but 
but uh, uh, the interpretation is particularly to Israel, but the application is to us as well, not to go to the world. He says in Isaiah 30, Woe to the rebellious children, saith the Lord, that take counsel but not of me, that cover with a covering but not of my spirit, that they may add sin to sin, that walk to down into Egypt and have not asked my mouth, to strengthen themselves in the strength of Pharaoh and to trust in the shadow of Egypt. And, and, and the, the context here is Babylon is threatening, Syria is threatening, and they're, they're, they're trying to make leagues with Egypt for, to help protect themselves instead of relying on the Lord. So they've walked to go down into Egypt, have not asked at my mouth to strengthen themselves in the strength of Pharaoh and the trust in the shadow of Egypt. Therefore shall the strength of Pharaoh be your shame and the trust in the shadow of Egypt your confusion. And he says the same thing basically in chapter 31. So he says a right way for us. So he's seeking wisdom as to direction and for God's protection in the way. Uh, that, you know, we, and and... As we think about uh, fasting in connection with seeking God's wisdom, there's an interesting verse in Ecclesiastes 7.4 where it says, The heart of the wise is in the house of mourning. But the heart of fools is in the house of mirth. What do the bars have every night? What do they call that hour? Happy hour. House of mirth. It's a house of fools. No, the heart of the wise is in the house of mourning. Uh, when we realize what we really are in the sight of God and that we need His help. That's the idea here. So, you know, so wisdom to seek a right way, you know, that we would honor the Lord in our conduct, be an example to our children, be a testimony to the world. You know, First uh, Corinthians 10 Verse 31 to 33, Paul said this. 1 Corinthians 10, 31 to 33. Some of these are familiar, but it says, Whether therefore you eat or drink, or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. Give none offense, neither to the Jews, nor to the Gentiles, nor to the church of God. Even as I please all men in all things, not seeking mine own profit, but the profit of many, that they may be saved. You know, so Paul wanted his testimony to be that he would not be a reproach upon his Savior. He would not be a stumbling block. Give none offense. That he would please all men. Now, you might say, wait a minute, preacher. Pleasing all men? What does it mean to please all men? Biblically. Look at Romans chapter 15. Romans 15. Romans 15, verse 1. We that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let every one of us please his neighbor, notice, for his good to edification. For even Christ pleased not himself, but as is written, the reproaches of them that reproach thee fell on me. So if you're going to please your neighbor to edification, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to uh, uh, live before him and talk to him in such a way to help him to get right with God. Not everything you say may be positive. I was telling my brother and his girlfriend that 
It's very important they get into a good church. They've been talking about it, I guess. I said, and a good church is one that's going to take the word of God and tell you exactly what it says. They're going to address every issue in life, from drinking to immorality to dress. You know, all these things, they're going to, they're going to talk about. It. And I said, some of the things you're not going to like. But I said, all the things that God, the negative things that God gives us in his word are for your benefit. And if you obey them, they'll have a positive effect in your life. And so Paul said, when I please all men, what he's referring to is, I'm living in such a way and I'm conducting myself in such a way that it will help spiritually all men. What is right in all men? Not to be an offense in the sight of God or to be a stumbling block in the sight of God. He isn't talking about you know, Joel Osteen saying, well, I just don't say certain things because it'll offend people. No, if it's right, you, you, again, you can't help people if you don't tell the truth. So, a right way. And a right way for our children. Notice he says here, and a right way for us and our little ones. Our little ones. You know, we need to pray. You know, one of the things we need to pray about as parents in particular is a right way for our little ones. You know, that we, we need to protect them. There's an interesting phrase here in uh, uh, um, I'm blind, I can't see it right now. <clears throat> oh, in the middle of verse 22, it says, To help us against the enemy in the way. Now, the word way, as many times it's used in the Bible, means path. You know, Jesus said, I am the way, I'm the path, you will, to the, to the Father. <coughs> so, he says, you know, we need, to, we need to protect uh, protection from the enemy in the way. So, we need to, to seek God for a right way for us and for our children. They had children with them. They need protection from the enemy that lies in wait. You know, there's an enemy out there. Uh, verse 31. Then we departed from the river of Havah on the twelfth day of the first month to go into Jerusalem, and the hand of our God was upon us, and he delivered us from the hand of the enemy and of such as lay in wait by the way. So he makes it very clear. There, there were those laying in wait. You know, you know even... even you know, uh, uh, and Luke, uh, the Lord talks about the, the parable of the Good Samaritan. You know, between cities there were thieves. That's the way it always was. So there's always this enemy. By the way, there are enemies in the way that are seeking to lead our children astray. And many times, the most subtle are those that compromise and say they are like us. Those that are close to us. Could be family. Friends. Um, you know, there, there are, again, there are those that are seeking to kidnap our children, whether it's physically or spiritually. You know, one of the goals of Islam is to retrain all Americans. That was a goal of Catholicism for years. They often said, if we have your children until they're, what, five or seven years old, we'll have them for life. So indoctrination is a, is a, is a, is a goal of the enemy. 
uh, our public education system, all that is, it, the goal is to indoctrinate our children into that which is false. So we have to be careful who we allow to teach and influence our children. You know, one of the big things today is the area of music. We have to be careful who they train. And again, those that are close can be the most subtle and dangerous. I was talking to my um, brother and um, his girlfriend, and I said, you know, one of the things you have to change your friends. We're all concerned about his friends, going back to his old friends. You know, he says he can't he can't drink anymore. But all his friends drink. And there's a few that are better than the others. But those few could be the most dangerous. Because they could introduce them to a little bit. And drink's addictive. You see, it can be those that are closer to who we are that can be the most subtle and the most dangerous. And so we have to be careful. We need, to, we need, we need wisdom in this day and time. We need wisdom as to the right way for our children. And then thirdly, he says a right way for all our substance. Now, Drop down to verse 25. It says, well, verse 24, Then I separated twelve of the chief of the priests, Sherebiah, Hashabiah, and ten of their brethren with them, and weighed unto them the silver and the gold and the vessels, even the offering of the house of our God, which the king and his counselors, the lords, and all Israel there present had offered. I even weighed unto their hand six hundred and fifty talents of silver, and silver vessels and hundred talents, and of gold and hundred talents, also twenty basins of gold of a thousand drams and two vessels of fine copper, precious as gold. And I said unto them, Ye are holy unto the Lord. The vessels are holy also, and the silver and the gold are a freewill offering unto the Lord God of your fathers. Watch ye and keep them until you weigh them before the chief of the priests and the Levites and the chief of the fathers of Israel at Jerusalem in the chambers of the house of the Lord. So took the priests and the Levites the weight of the silver and the gold and the vessels to bring them to Jerusalem unto the house of our God. Now he said there's an enemy, by the way, in the way. And here they have all this silver and gold, and, and even there's some uh, fine copper, precious as gold. Now I did a little math, and, and again, these are estimates, because they're not really sure how much a talent is. But, but saying a talent uh, could be a uh, hundred um, well, 100 ounces, I can't remember exactly. But anyway, according to, to one commentator's figures, in modern terms, the price of gold, I looked just online briefly, is around $1,272 an ounce. You're talking here of $203,520,000 in gold. And the silver, silver is at 1721 an ounce, around there somewhere right now. There'd be $1,290,750 in silver. So these, these people are carrying millions of dollars worth of stuff, gold and silver. That was real money back then. You know, not just cheap paper stuff that didn't worth much. 
And so, is it any wonder they're concerned about the enemy in the way? By the way, is it any wonder they're concerned about their children? Because if they kidnapped them, you know, like you do, they ask for ransom. Because after all, they're loaded. They're loaded. So, he said, we need to seek a right way. It is a dangerous undertaking that they're embarking on. Could be dangerous. But they afflicted themselves and sought a right way for their substance. And, of course, you know, he, they waited out before they left, and they were going to weigh it again when they got there. So there'd be no question. Um, but we need, to, we need to use our material things in a way that pleases and honors the Lord. It is God's money. This was God's money. You know, it's interesting, though it was taken, when they were taken captive, the enemy gives it back to them to take back, to set up the temple. Uh, you know, when God's people seek to do things God's way, God honors it. God honors it. And so they sought a right way. And they sought the Lord's protection. You know, Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 9. The Bible talks to us in many places about uh, our substance. Proverbs 3, 9. Honor the Lord with thy substance, and with the first fruits of all thine increase, so shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out without new wine. And, of course, he said these things are free will offerings unto the Lord God of your fathers. Verse 28 tells us. And, and, of course, they sought the Lord's protection. And they understood that God is powerful and God can protect us. Uh, in, in, in Proverbs 21, verse 30 and 31, it says, There is no wisdom, nor understanding, nor counsel against the Lord. The horse is prepared against the day of battle, but safety is of the Lord. Here we're talking about physical safety. But James is not talking just about spiritual safety or physical safety. He's talking about being protected spiritually as well. Uh, God is the one that can protect us from the onslaught of evil as we simply seek him and obey his word. He will protect us. He will protect us, he will protect our children, and he will protect our substance and provide what we need. So they afflicted themselves. And verse 23 says, So we fasted and besought our God for this, and he was entreated of us. You know, God does keep his word. They besought the Lord. That word besought means to ask. The word entreat here, really that's what the word besought means as well. They entreated. They asked. They asked the Lord. They didn't tell him what he needed to do. They asked. And they trusted. They put their faith upon him. Notice it says again in verse 22, The hand of our God is upon all them that for good that seek him, but his power and his wrath is against all them that forsake him. So, knowing that, we fasted, 
and we besought our God. You see, fasting, their fasting was an act of faith. They believed God could do that which most people would seek of the king to do. Isn't that where we are in America? We have forgotten that God is the one that can provide and protect and we put our trust in the government. Might God help us to be people of prayer, but not only people of prayer, but people who will fast and afflict our souls that we might seek a right way of the Lord and have his power and his protection in our lives. Heavenly Father, we do thank you again for the time in your word tonight. Thank you for the encouragement and the challenge that we receive from the life of Ezra and those who uh, served with him and, and made the journey to Jerusalem. And we know from your word they made it safely, that you did protect them. You did provide for them by the way, in the way. So, Lord, I pray you help us to trust in you and rest upon your promises and to seek your face, knowing that you will provide and you are good to those that seek your, your face. So help us to seek it. And just bless them in the prayer time tonight. May you be glorified, we pray in Jesus' name.